Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Some People Call That Jesus. This topic, uh, this episode, is very interesting to me. It's about the power or the value of silence, and what the Bible has to say about holding your words versus speaking them, whether that's in a conversation, in a relationship. We'll also see some situations about silence with God, and it's something that I never really understood before, so it certainly was new information to me in terms of my personal relationship with God and how I interact with others professionally and personally. So communication is very important in in our interactions with one another and our relationships, again, in many areas and spheres of life. So it's really interesting to see what the power or the value of silence is in holding your words. So as we get into it, I hope it's very practical and understandable. And again, as this was new for me, I hope it's new and enlightening for you as well. So the first verse we'll be looking at is in the book of Proverbs. And a few of the verses here for this episode will be out of the book of Proverbs, always very practical, applicable wisdom that I think all of us will find very helpful. So the first one is Proverbs chapter 17, as we look into the value and the power of silence. Proverbs 17. And really my question as I began to study this and explore this and then apply it to a particular episode like this as well is, is there there as much value in holding your tongue as there is in saying the right thing? Because oftentimes I've been in situations where I really, what's the right word to say? What's the correct thing to say to bring a solution, to help this person, to end the argument, etc.? We're always looking for the right word or the right thing to say. Even writing these podcasts and doing these studies comes across my mind all the time. What's the right thing to say? What's the right way to put it? So it's very interesting to have a particular topic about silence and what not to say, so to speak. So in Proverbs 17... It's in verse 27 and 28, which is the very end of the chapter. And we've actually used one of these verses before in a previous episode. And it says this, Proverbs 17, 27, and 28, He who has knowledge spares his words, and a man of understanding is of a calm spirit, or an excellent spirit. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. And I just summarized it in my own way as... If you refrain from speaking words sometimes, or if you hold back your words more often than you give your opinion, you'll look smarter. Because he says, even a fool is counted wise if he holds his tongue. So if I find myself in a situation or in a conversation where I don't have the information necessary, or maybe I even feel a little bit foolish, I very much look forward to using this advice and wisdom from the book of Proverbs to not say anything. Now, as we look into this and practicing silence or holding back your words and not speaking hastily. It's important to know that if you're in a conversation like that, of course you need to be attentive, need to be listening, which we'll get into as well. It's not about staring off or being on your phone, things like that. That doesn't qualify here because that causes other problems for you. Um, But it's when you're engaged in a conversation, or I often think in the professional setting, meetings I've been in where there's a lot of opinions going around or something that's particularly tense or an issue that we need to solve in order to progress with our jobs or something that's a hot button issue we need to take care of. There's people that are quick to give their opinion, quick to jump in and say their part, and then there's many people that don't like to speak in those settings, that they do have words to say, but they don't say them often. So that's what we're kind of diving into. So wisdom from Solomon here, the one who has knowledge spares his words, uses them carefully, You look perceptive, you look smarter, you even look engaged in different ways when you're listening versus speaking. So that's the first piece of wisdom we have here. 
Continuing in the book of Proverbs, we're going to build upon that. Again, more practical wisdom that I hope sinks in for you and that I'm trying to continue to learn myself. A few chapters over in Proverbs, Proverbs 29, verse 20. And Proverbs 29, verse 20 says this, Do you see a man hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than there is for him. Which is it's quite harsh when you look in some verses in Psalm throughout the book of Proverbs, when you look at the characteristics of a fool, and then it's saying here that if there's someone who's hasty in their words, meaning you're, you're quick to speak, you're worse off than a fool which, again, comes across very harsh. And we might put it in our own context or our own wording today of, you know, some, you don't really have a filter. As soon as it becomes a thought in your mind or as soon as the word is on your tongue, you're quick to speak it. We've probably all been in that situation. We probably all have talked too hastily at times. I know I certainly have or can have a bad habit of even cutting people off in conversations because I'm so eager to give my response versus listening to what they have to say. So I've really had to put this into practice. But this is a strong warning. Don't be so quick to give your opinion. Practice listening. And that's what we'll expand upon a little bit with this. Don't be so hasty in your words. There's an interesting saying again in that first verse that a man who has knowledge spares his words. Hopefully that will unravel as we get a little bit more into this. So the next verse building upon listening before you speak is in the book of James up in the New Testament towards the end. And it's James chapter 1 verses 19. James 1, verse 19, and it says this, a famous verse, So then, my brothers, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Simple, straightforward, practical instruction here to be quick to listen, or listen first, then speak, and especially be slow to become angry. Because we know whether you're someone who is quick to give their opinion or not, You've probably experienced before, I have too many times that when I'm angry, my filter or thinking before I speak, having that practice, goes away very quickly. When we're angry, we tend to say things and not even catch it till after the fact and be like, oh, I didn't mean to say that or that's not what I meant. I just said it in frustration and in anger. But if you don't have the practice of being quick to listen, but if you're quick to speak before you listen, then you really will have no filter. You really will have no delay or hesitation in the things that you say in a conversation or in a meeting when you become angry or frustrated. So we have to be very much on guard against that. Because again, we can all fall prey to this, that becoming angry helps us lose our filter and frustration helps us lose our filter and we speak things out that we often regret. And I'm... I. I don't want to regret my words anymore. I want to be more attentive in my listening. I want to actually hear what other people are saying and take it into consideration and not just listening to respond. So this is a huge lesson for me that I'm still in the midst of. So I hope this is helpful for you as well as we continue to unfold this episode and study a little bit more to put into practice. Again, it could even be in your own home and the relationships you have with the people you live with of how you communicate and how you talk because we don't even realize how many words that we say a day to each other um, at work and situations and there's so many words that if we were able to pull them out and review them I'm sure we would regret a lot or change a lot so there's no need to regret our words if we can put the Word of God into practice and what the Bible teaches us into practice about being quick to listen before we start speaking and especially be on guard when it comes to speaking or not speaking I should say when we're angry and uh, one thing this is simple like back in school that you may learn that you can't speak and listen at the same time I have that too, where 
you can really only learn when you're listening. Because if I'm speaking, I'm only saying things that I know. But if you're listening, then you can learn a lot more. And I heard that a little bit ago, and it's a piece of information that really stuck with me, that if you spend more time listening than speaking, there's no limit to the things you can learn. But if I'm speaking all the time, I'm only speaking the things that I know, so I limit what I can learn and understand, especially learning from others. So that's just some practical advice that the Bible has in these verses from Proverbs and the book of James about listening and speaking. Very simple, very key and foundational to communication with one another or in a group. And I hope that the Word of God here encourages us to put that into practice and see how it even changes our relationships some. So moving on with that aspect of relationships and communicating with one another, we're going to shift a little bit and see what does the Bible have to say about silence or holding your words or even maybe speaking carefully in your relationship with God. So the first verse is Zechariah chapter 2. It's one of the minor prophets there towards the end of the Old Testament. There's a couple that we'll look at here of these minor prophets in the Old Testament to see what silence has to do in our dynamic and relationship with God. So it's Zechariah chapter 2, verse 13, and it says, Be silent, all flesh, before the Lord. Or some translations say hush, like a command to be silent. For he has aroused himself from his holy habitation. Be silent, all flesh, before the Lord. And if you go a few pages even back to the book or the prophet of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 20, just a few small books, even several pages before Zechariah there. We're going to partner it with that verse. Habakkuk 2.20 says, But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. So there's something about silence or hushing yourself, quieting yourself in a way that's about reverence and the fear of the Lord. And what this really taught me is that in my devotion time and your one-on-one time with God when you're in the Bible, when you're praying, I realized that sometimes I came in, I don't know, almost so boisterous to my devotion time. Of course, we're supposed to pray all the time, confessing our hearts to God, asking him things. This is not to limit prayer in any type of way, but it's part of the dynamic in your alone time with God where it's important for you to listen or to be silent. These verses really stuck with me that in this time that some mornings I've just played music, I have a playlist of spiritual songs, songs that set my heart and my mind on things of God and things of his word, and then I just have my Bible open before me. Whether I think I'm being too noisy or rambling myself, whether sometimes you're just tired in the morning, I don't know what to say, maybe I don't have the energy to say it, I don't know what to pray for at that particular time, there's just a certain peace and clearing of your mind and uh, settling of yourself when you're just silent before God. Again, the music really helps block out distractions, get your heart and mind in the right place. And then I don't say anything. Sometimes my eyes are closed. Other times I just have my Bible open in front of me so that when I open my eyes, I have verses in the Word right there to go to. There's something that really quiets you down. It's like the verse in Psalm that we talked about in a previous episode that says, Be still and know that I'm God. A lot of times when I'm burdened down, whether it's anger, frustration, worry, or doubt, or again, in the morning trying to wake up and start the day in the right foot, start my time with God, etc. There's something about quieting yourself, because often we can be so stirred up in our heart and mind, it's hard to even relax or be restful when we're not working, when we're trying to go to sleep, or in the middle of the night, we need something to quiet ourselves. And there's a real blessing in just being silent before God. Again, not being empty-minded, having his word open in front of you, maybe having songs playing that help you focus on God, 
and just being silent. There'll be a time for you to pray and to say things to God, and then there's a time just to listen that can be really important for him to impress upon your heart things that you need to know or things that you even need to pray for if you're silent before him first. And we're looking at another verse and talking about silence with God, but one thing of the world that this makes me think of or a worldly solution that's similar is in things like yoga and meditation that have become pretty popular. But sometimes in the world, there's this meditation that they promote that's about emptying your mind. And I understand that, and I even see the benefit of trying to empty your mind of negative things. And to, I don't know if in those yoga and those type of practices, if you're supposed to then focus on positive things, I'm not well-versed in it. But there's a very least trying to empty your mind of those things that really burden you. But the problem is then your mind needs to be filled. Naturally, how God made our minds is that we are taking in information all the time. We have thoughts that are generating all the time. You can't just really shut that off unless you really locked yourself away and, and tried to silence your senses in some type of way. But it's good to empty of those things, but also to refocus your mind on positive things. And when we have this word of God, the Bible that's been given to us, that's filled with hope and love and strength and encouragement, this is what you need to set your mind on. This is when it's time to be silent, focus your eyes on the word, and just let God minister to you a bit and speak to you, not always you speaking to him, and see how that changes and impacts you from day to day. Because in the world, there's only so much you can do. You empty your mind, but what next? When I kind of heard about that or I've seen that kind of out in the world, I'm like, well, then what do you do? How do you address your problems? How do you get strength and energy for the next situation after you've emptied your mind? But with God, he fills your mind with all the strength and valuable things that you need with the knowledge that you need to continue. And you can do it in silence and let his word speak to you versus you always speaking to him. So I found a blessing in that, and I hope that you put that into practice as well and see what God has in store for you when you practice that reverence and the fear of the Lord before him. One additional verse to go with that to kind of cement that in terms of silence with God. It's in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 5, verse 2, and it says, Do not be rash with your mouth, and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven, and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. And again, this is not justification or an excuse to pray less. It's just practicing that reverence before God, remembering who you're talking to. He wants to hear from you, but he also wants to speak to you. And sometimes it takes you silencing yourself in order to hear that. Now, the last verse or final warning that I'll leave with you is back in the book of Proverbs. And I'm still trying to understand this verse myself in relation to this topic of the value or the power of silence of many times that I need to hold my tongue versus trying to say the right thing or just speak my opinion. But here's a mystery to me. So I hope that you listen to this and find answers in your own study and your own prayer time over this verse and then come back and teach me because I'm still trying to understand. But it's in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19, and it says this, In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Again, it relates back to the first verse, and if you have knowledge, you spare your words. If you restrain your lips, that's a characteristic of the wise. But that first sentence of, in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. Again, I'm honest and transparent saying I don't fully understand what that means, but the warning is pretty clear cut that maybe if we talk too much, the Bible warns about too many idle words being spoken, babblings even, that it might say depending on your translation. But somehow in the multitude of words, there's, there's an area for sin to get in. Again, I don't understand. I'm still trying to understand, but I can heed the warning what God is trying to teach us here. Use words sparingly. 
Think before you speak. Be quick to listen and hear what other people have to say. And make sure you don't say any idle, errant, angry, or frustrated words um, that, that cause you to sin when you could have just thought and maybe restrained yourself that time. I'm in the midst of learning that, and I pray God continues to teach us this and help us this with this value and power of silence. And again, I'd like to hear your thoughts and your understanding about these verses and the practical application to the necessity of communication that we have with each other every day in every sphere of our life. So again, I hope this was a blessing to you, maybe something new. I appreciate you listening, and I look forward to studying again with you very soon.